so there's something else that goes kind of above and beyond that too. So one is, is being willing to kind of put your, your body, or in this case, your job on the line. Mm -hmm. Right. And to say, I'm going to stand up for it. However, I think sometimes as product leaders, we, we may have a little bit more skills than other people in which we may be able to, I don't know about reverse the toxic leadership, but basically shine a, a mirror or show a mirror to them and say, this is the impact of what you're doing. Or what is it that's causing you to believe that this is going to succeed? Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here for another Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. Steve, the past, gosh, this more than a few weeks, the past you know, month or so of our conversations on the topic of the week, our conversations with clients and other forums, whether it's worrying about healthy product management, whether it's worrying about burnout, whether it's people worrying about budgets in, in losing jobs and stuff like that, the word toxic was brought up by somebody, you know, and how do we deal with toxic situations? And so this week, the topic of the week is dealing with toxic toxicity. And, you know, f because you're the, the historian, the living historian of all things product management, uh, is the level of toxicity now any different than it's been over the past century? No, the, I like the century part. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Um, I think it is more toxic. You know, I worry about, you know, a lot of times I'm like, are we more violent today than we were in the 50s? And is the it just 14, because, 50s? you know, uh, yeah. Is, is it just because there's so much more media? But I think, you know, society is more toxic than it was 20 years ago. Um, and I think that ex expresses itself in some of the things that we see, like, 15-year employees who are fired by their automated email. I mean, you would you would never have done that 20 years ago. Sort of goes back to sort of a, I think we had a call on empathy. It, you know, there seems like there's a huge lack of empathy. And I wonder if a lack of empathy is directly correlated to the level of toxicity uh, out there or empathy and compassion. Yeah, you know, there was a book uh, uh, about education actually um, that was called Our Kids and the author's point was years ago whatever that may be we used to talk about our kids and now it seems like everybody wants to talk about my kids you know I, I want to make sure my kids have a good education as opposed to everybody's kids and you know I think that's just part of the trend of the last 50 years ever since the world turned in 1968. Yeah, I, I can see yeah. that. I, you know, I think the social media aspect has a lot to, uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm no longer on Facebook, but when, one of the re- things that pushed me off was I would celebrate my kid and I'd get a, all the responses would be other people celebrating their kid, not congratulating my kid. And I'm like, I didn't want that. Uh, but so we decided that this week we're going to talk mm-hmm. about dealing with toxic companies and bosses. Uh, and on Monday, we put this question uh, in the community. What is worse in product management, a toxic company or a toxic boss? Uh, and, you know, Joy, you were not pushing, you're not, you're not slicing here, right? You came right out in a typical Joy fashion. What'd you say? Boss. Talk to me. Well, after reading May's comment, I will agree that it does depend a little bit on the company size. If you're working at a company with less than 10 people, it it doesn't matter how empathetic your boss is. If it's a toxic company, there's no shielding from that. There's no getting around that. But if we think of a typical sized company or, or a larger sized company, bosses are really important. They can really make the difference. They're your main point of contact. They're your one, they're your umbrella. They're your one, they're the one level above you. And they can really make or break it. They can, you know, you, you work at a company 40 hours or however many hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week. And they're the ones who are directly influencing your day-to-day they're the ones directly influencing if you're going to get promoted they're directly influencing your performance reviews they're directly influencing your your pay or your promotion they're influencing if you can transfer to another department um and they're the ones who can shield you from all the crap that's the other conversations and what else is going on in the company so I, I do firmly believe that regardless of what crap is going on at the company, if your boss makes it warm and fuzzy and cuddly and listens to you and makes you feel good about yourself and helps you grow, it, that you know that that's so, where you want to be. So they're the ones who can have the most impact, right? Because they're because of the direct relationship, because of the direct, you know, if they are toxic, it is that much worse. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they're not toxic, I think Jason Vincent, not Jason Vincent, the other Jason, Jason Weber talked about uh, being uh, able to shield you. Uh, and so, you know, there's mm-hmm. more of a difference, good or bad, with them on tox- if they're toxic or if they're not toxic, then maybe the company because of that. I think, too, um, if you're working at a great company and everybody's like, this is the greatest company to work at, and we've been voted the greatest company to work at, and everybody else loves their job. And you're like, my boss sucks. There's such a disconnect there that mm-hmm. that makes it worse. <laughs> like no. the company's great, but my direct boss is making me miserable. And yet the company's great. That's worse. Yeah. No, it is. And I've been there in, in my first time I had the product management title. I did product management with other titles, but the first time I had the product management title, I was a director of product management. And my boss was toxic. I, he had me spending more than 50% of my time preparing slides for him for the weekly senior leadership meeting, not for things he was supposed to cover, but so he had slides just in case questions were asked. Mm, the just in so case. So he had two, two directors <laughs> spending 50% of their time giving him CYA so he could look smart. <clears throat> and 
I got a job offer to leave and the president of the division said he was on vacation. He said, I'm not letting you leave until I can talk to you face to face. And I talked about it with Michelle. I talked about it with HR. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go into that meeting with him and say, I will stay if you move me out of his department. Mm -hmm. I don't care what title you give me. I just don't want to report to him. Mm -hmm. I walked into the office and who was sitting in the office with him? That guy. Yeah. And so I, I left. Uh, so I, I completely and totally, totally get that. And, you know, I, if it, I'm sure we'll have a lot more commentary coming into sort of that dynamic. May, boy, May, you outdid yourself. I think your word count was up to like a thousand on this one. I mean, gold. But talk to me. I like how you split down versus the, the lens of toxic manager, healthy company versus toxic company, uh, good boss. So talk to me about where your head is. I think, well, I don't know where my head is, um, but <laughs> I, I think that there are nuances of which we've all experienced, um, especially like if you've worked for more than five years of your life, you've probably experienced some of either one. Uh, so there is a difference between the talk, like assuming, you know, toxic and healthy uh, boss versus company do the Venn diagram. Uh, you never like according like Corey's Venn diagram of you never want a toxic boss and a toxic company. But what happens when it's the one way or the other? And I kind of broke it down because like I wanted to think through the different types of scenarios but I think Shaughnessy uh Shaughnessy is the person Shaughnessy yeah she came in yeah. uh yesterday yeah uh, uh, summed it up best uh, which is you know you for a healthy product management you can't do that with a toxic company for a healthy product manager you can't do that with a toxic boss right and I think really it's important to think a little bit deeper onto the topic of toxic what does toxic mean? And toxic usually comes about when you as a person is generally having trouble sleeping um, as a result of work. So either it's you know too much work, bad direction, no strategy, you're not doing what you want to do, which comes back to the idea of like your expectations meeting what you actually end up doing. Um, and I think it it goes for both the boss and the company and also the work that you end up doing. Um, so altogether, I feel like in terms of product management, specifically for this question, worse for product management, it is the company. Because generally as a product manager, we're not talking about product leadership right now, a product manager, you end up working the least with your direct team. You work with the most with your UX designer, with your team of engineers and QA, uh, maybe with the go-to-market experts, sometimes with leadership when you need to work things out. But you just report to your manager in terms of like how much you have to show them at the end of the day that you've accomplished your metrics, right? Yeah. So I'm actually not sure what a micromanaging product leader looks like in the day-to-day -day in the specific toxic aspect because it could vary greatly in terms of yeah. the 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 aspect of toxicity but I think it's worthwhile to think about like am I losing sleep if you are you're pro probably not in a 
healthy environment, not necessarily toxic. I know people who got sick every Sunday afternoon and evening just from the stress of having to go to work the next morning. Yeah, and I've uh, been there. It's, you know, I would call that toxic. And, and I love I love that, you know, and I, and I, I was hoping Shaughnessy would be on because I thought that was an amazing point she made that for product management, sort of as a team, as an organization, as a function, it's the toxic company. But for uh, a product manager, it, it may be the toxic boss uh, with that. Jason Vincelet, so good to have you back on. You said uh, a toxic boss could create at least a toxic microculture and employees leave bosses, not companies <laughs> usually. Talk to me about your head. So it's interesting your because- head, Not your head itself. Yeah, it's oblong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting because I like the comment about product management versus product manager. But I also think that uh, the toxic does need to be defined. Grant, in your case, toxic was doing work that you thought was futile and not mm -hmm. the best use of your time. In my experience, I, I worked under leadership. My direct boss was encouraging combative behavior between his employees. He wanted us arguing. Instead of working constructively and understanding each other's opinions, he wanted us to battle. And in product management, that, and that to me was toxic, right? It's creating an environment of toxicity. What well, kind of May was talking about, and that's what I, I talk about in the, my thread here, um, a microculture of toxic behavior inside of product management um, versus just me alone in my career. Uh, I, in those cases, I'm not sleeping at night. And then um, on top of that, I think, when you feel like your morals and your character has been compromised, that is a pretty good indicator that you're in a toxic situation. And, and everything had, else can be kind of remedied, but at the end of the day, you're taking that with you, right? So. Yeah, I, I, I had a boss, uh, I was working for a really big enterprise software company. Uh, and it came out that they were stuffing the channel to make numbers look better, to, to make the stock price go up. And my boss, one of the things that reported up to him was analyst and media relations. And he called us all to his office when he found out the news that this was actually the case. And he said, I just want to let you know that I've, I've resigned. Uh, I was saying things to analysts and media people that I thought was true. And as soon as I learned it wasn't true, I had two choices to stay and show them that I didn't care or leave and keep my integrity. And, you know, that's a toxic situation right there, right? When you're put in a place where you have to make some decisions and it's integrity or, or, or your job, but yeah, there's times but that that comes out. I think that's a, I would like to call it, that's a healthy decision because you're doing oh. what, yeah. I, I completely agree. It was a healthy toxic decision. Situation. And I, I made the decision to leave at the same time uh because of that uh it, it's you know and, and a couple people put in well i think it was clay nichols said you know i i, I don't know because as soon as i see the toxicity i leave <laughs> no. and, and, and may all of us have have the power to do that brian you have a thought experiment can you have a toxic company without toxic bosses right um you know i, I came in to um answer a question Pretty much what Joy um, 
boss. You know, that's the one who impacts you the most. But then I saw Shaughnessy's answer. Shaughnessy? Shaughnessy's, yeah. Shaughnessy's answer. And that got me thinking, going, and then I, you know, I scroll up to yours. What is worse in product management, not for product managers? So it gave me a lot of thought. But then it's, if you don't have any toxic bosses, can it be a toxic culture? Or is it the people and the bosses that cause that toxic culture? I think I, I don't have an answer to it, but enablement for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's direct boss, sort of where Joy was talking about, versus yeah. the leadership above them. And I've been in a place where I've had a toxic leadership and I was that protector, right? I tried to create a less toxic environment, microculture, as Jason said, for my team. Uh, I'd like to throw something out there. Uh, so I worked in a place where the leadership wasn't necessarily toxic, but they weren't the best, right? And, but we had some- You just really... described like every company out there, most companies out there. <laughs> like they, they, were, they were not the best in the way that it was starting to hamper the work, but they had yeah. some really great people. So overall, like tox it's toxic leadership, which is a much larger, broader term than just boss, but also still somewhat healthy environment, but like that slowly corrupts the environment, right? So it doesn't, anytime you have toxicity at any level, it doesn't, the healthy doesn't last for long. So yeah. the question is what changes first? Louis yeah, too. I like, oh, and, yeah. and Steve, you just put into the channel, into the chat, incompetence is not the same as toxic. And it's like, just because somebody is quarterly and stock price driven doesn't mean they're toxic, right? It's, they're toxic to me is that, that extra step uh, of doing it. You know, talk to me about your thoughts on that. Steve. Oh, me, really? I thought you were just quoting me and then you were going to go back to somebody no, else. No, you, Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I remember there was a case I, I, I studied in school where the stockholders were all upset because the management had a, attempted something new and it failed and they lost a bunch of money and the stockholders sued the leadership. And the judge determined that making mistakes and being stupid is not illegal, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, kind of nice. But I do think uh, to... A number of points here. Uh, when we have toxicity in an individual, that individual becomes infectious. And I worked for a the small bad company. apple spoils the bunch. Indeed, as Donny Osmond said in 1968, uh, one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. In his case, but anyway. Um, I told that joke at the at the Mormon church, and I, I I attributed to Michael Jackson instead of Donny Osmond, and they went nuts. They're like, "Oh, we know that that's Donny Osmond," and I'm like, "I'm not gonna." And they pointed to the it. sign that's on the side of the church. Exactly. Uh, anyway, where was I going? Um, so if you if you do have a bad so so I worked for an organization. They hired this toxic manager. I kind of pegged him early on as not. Uh, helpful to my future and I left and I kept in touch with my friends there though and it turned out that the entire leadership uh, uh, unified around destroying my toxic boss and then finally he left and they all turned on each other because they had just created this 
toxic environment. battleground you know, uh, yeah. in the leadership ranks and with without a common foe they turned on each other and the company ultimately was sold for you know two weeks payroll or something yeah wow Corey, I want to get back to you. I want to get to you, but I'm going to come to you loud. I want to get Richard and Pamela in because I want to dive into a conversation on uh, Corey went above and beyond, not, not a thesis of a thousand words like nay, but actually creating a four blocker. So we'll get to that in a second. Pamela, I'd love to get your take on this question. Uh, you know, when I saw this question, my first thought was there was a classic article which basically said people leave bosses. That's it. Right. Um, it's like it's well known um i have put up with toxic bosses um in one memorable occasion he was in france and i was in california and that's the only thing that saved us quite frankly is i didn't have to deal with him <laughs> but, uh i think everybody's covered pretty much everything on this topic it's uh, it's 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 just very dangerous it's so dangerous for the organization that the that my my son recently joined an organization and they said we don't accept what was it not even toxic people um there was another name for it but it no asshole yeah no asshole rule yep that is yeah. that is the reason for that right yeah <clears throat> which reminds me and I, I i i'll give you a chance to finish finish your thought here in a second uh i have a friend who's a consultant and she as part of her getting to know you thing says that she has a, a strict no asshole rule and everybody always laughs and they almost always say oh that must be nice and yet 20 percent of the people she says it to then proceed to to mansplain to her why sometimes you need to be an asshole and she goes, now I know who the asshole is. It's, it's <laughs> self-identified. It's a good qualifying qu statement, right? right? How they respond right. to that question probably tells you a lot. Right. But it, you know, it also makes me think of some of the companies that I've encountered that have just wonderful benefits. You know, it's like, you know, we have bring your dog to work day and we have uh, uh, free food and we have free this and everybody takes vacation all the time and they just go on and on and oh and they you know 401k matching and we'll help you get your MBA and all that stuff adds up to say man this is an incredible organization and yet part of me is always like how bad must their managers be if they have to work this hard to get people to work here I, it's, I, I get it I mean it's tough Pamela any, any last thoughts no 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 no, I, I think everybody has just put some awesome comments together so far. So awesome. Richard. Sure. I've been sitting there quietly. Well, I have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, so at my previous place of employment, right, when I was interviewing, they talked about, right, they're big on empowering people. They're big on psychological safety, right? So I was like, this is going to be an awesome place. So I took the job. What I didn't realize is 10 years before I took the job, the CEO used to come into the engineering room three times a week and berate everybody. Walk around screaming, yelling, knocking things off their desk. 10 years later, the employees were still terrified. Mm. They didn't trust the psychological safety. They didn't trust it 
when the leadership was telling them they're empowered to make decisions and make mistakes. And so, right, a toxic boss will create that toxic company and that environment will stick around long after that leader is gone. Yeah, and that's not what Tom Peters meant by management by walking around, is it? No. No, I, I completely. And, and I've seen that happen in some places. And sometimes it's not even the berate them. It's the shiny object syndrome, right? The boss, uh, yeah. which is where yeah. you go every other week. I know Steve's talked about that before. E Eva, you know, you tend to be on the same page as most of the conversation where it's the boss, but you, you used a term, you know, PTSD, right? Is that how we know it's toxic that you actually have that PTSD from it? I think, um, and I'm sorry for joining you late, but I think um, even to this day, even though I'm in a new company, a new manager, I still get PTSD before I go on one-on-ones, just thinking about those old one-on-ones with a previous manager at a previous company that was so toxic. And I hate to even, I hate to even say this because I always like to be like the strong Philadelphian woman that has no emotions, but like this, this previous boss made me in tears. And I just, I hate that he had that power and that control over me to actually cry during one-on-ones, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine we've talked about, you know, the people who get sick on Sundays for it. And, and I think Richard, your, your example of the, the PTSD still there 10 years later. And I think that that was a term, if there's PTSD, if it lasts beyond my wife and I, we get into a fight, but it doesn't last long, right? We get over it. If, if you, if the impact of something lasts more than a day, a week, a month, I think that's a good way of looking at it as being toxic. Uh, Corey entered into a, a new medium of answering questions, just giving me an image. <laughs> I know you well, said company too, because everybody else was going boss. You went company, so this is your fight. So well, but you anything before we get to your chart? I, I think Jason's question is the first one we should tackle, which is what does toxicity look like? We've got 10 people on this call. We'll have 12 different definitions. You know, there might be some commonalities in there, but I think we defining that is a good first step. And to Steve's point, it's not just stupidity or bad decisions or incompetence. It's really bad things happening. Um, but I was stuck with the question of, okay, if I had, and I've worked for some good bosses that protected me from a lot of stuff at the company. But if the company is that good, why would they allow a toxic boss to continue? Why wouldn't they get rid of them as soon as it's recognized? Yes, you can screen them out from hiring processes. And yes, you can kind of see how things are going. But as soon as you identify a toxic boss, a good company would not keep them. They would have them removed some way. And to me, that's higher level problem solving, which is if you have a good company, they do not allow toxic bosses. If you have an incompetent company, you might have toxic bosses. But if you have a good non-toxic company. I don't know how that's allowed. I, th I think that it's very difficult sometimes because the people who are, are toxic are toxic down. They're not toxic. They're often very good toxic. They're, they're yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's toxic up or down. No, no, me. no. But if you're up, you can't see the down. I mean, the only thing I would say is I, I met a guy once and he said, 
once somebody joined my team, they never left. He was just such an awesome boss and no one ever left, right? So would you then look for turnover? Like if you have too much turnover, what's wrong with you, right? But it is one of those common things where you have a good boss in a bad company or a toxic company, that good boss leaves through they're tired of dealing with it, they get fired, they find a better opportunity. And then what happens? It all goes to crap because the culture that the company has created or allowed to exist, I should say, then gets exposed to everybody. And to me, that's again, why toxic company is the worst thing than just a toxic boss. And even going above and beyond, uh, Corey now created this uh, four blocker, non-toxic company to toxic company, <laughs> non-toxic boss to toxic boss. Talk me through this, Corey. Yeah, so uh, the, the, the bottom left and the top right, those are kind of the easy ones. The bottom right is the one where everybody's saying, well, if we have a good non-toxic boss, they can protect you from a lot of stuff. And it's true. That's where that question in the upper left of why is it allowed to have a toxic boss in a non-toxic company? I don't know how that's allowed to persist or how that company could be seen as non-toxic if they allow a toxic boss, an abusive boss, a illegal boss, a boss doing illegal things, how that's allowed to continue at a company that's seen as a good company. Uh, I, I, I love that. Any, any thoughts from anybody else on Corey's two by two? But I think most companies kind of live around the middle, but the middle is not good. You know? no, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so, but again, that's why I say defining what toxicity means instead of just stupid and competent, or I don't like it or, or bad, or, you know, I want to say years of product management has told us don't do it that way. I want to say it's a combination. So like th there is a tipping point where it's like, I can't take it anymore. Then for you as an individual and for the people you work with as a group, then it's, it becomes too much. Right. And the second you say, this is too much, then that's hit toxic in my opinion. For you. Well, yeah. Okay. D does but, toxic but, have to mean more than just you though? I think so. I mean, like for Otherwise, me, it's a one -on -one. It's, like for me, it's when other people complain. When I see other people have complaints, I'm like, maybe it's not just me. Maybe that's that's when it happens. When you ask, when you say, maybe it's not just me. I mean, it becomes endemic or pan. You know, it just becomes yeah. more of a problem. I, I used to have this this rule um, when I had my own companies, which was if I'm talking about someone all the time, they're the problem. It was like really clear, like I'm just spending like all my time worried about this one person. They're the problem. That's it. I think one I, other thing too, just really quick is when you have a manager that tells you to constantly be positive, I, and I can understand being positive, obviously in a team setting and things like that, but I think when you're on a one-on-one -on -one with a manager, you should actually allow yourself to quote unquote, let it all hang out. And you should be able to talk to that boss about issues and problems that you're having. Like it can't be all like unicorns and rainbows. I think at that point, you definitely need to be a little bit negative in order to get positive. And I always say to be comfortable 
we have to get uncomfortable first. And I think that that can sometimes be a toxic trait is people forcing you to be positive 24 seven. I was listening to, uh, I don't remember her name, uh, Glennon Doyle's podcast. Uh, and she talked about the difference between being polite and being kind, I think is what it was and how politeness is, comes from the root of polish. And, and unfortunately, in many places, being polite is just covering up the toxicity or the misogyny or the sexism or whatever it may be, because, oh, let's be polite. Let's not have that conversation here. And I, I, even that sort of resonates with me that we need to not, you know, not try to be polite, not try to make everything rainbows and unicorns, uh, as you said, and have some of those difficult conversations. Uh, and yes, Steve, I think dealing with toxicity is similar to dealing with bullies, right? Uh, so what is the biological definition of toxic, May? The biological definition of toxic is that it will kill you slowly. <laughs> and so... Um, so life is, is toxic? It, yeah, yeah. So if Life is toxic? <laughs> it, it is, but like okay. it, it's, it's going to speed up the process, right? So if your company is toxic, it's going to kill the company slowly, as in the elements within the company are slowly killing off the company by attrition, by um, attitude, by strategy, whatever it might be, or incompetence. Um, and if it's a toxic individual, they're kind of accelerating the process. So I guess like the difference between a toxic company and a toxic boss is like the proximity to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But, you know, I think you're on to something there because um, in, in my training over the years, uh, you know, a lot of people will ask me, you know, how, how do we compare to everybody else? And the, the ones that are the worst are the ones that say, so we're pretty much like all the other places you train, right? And I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, let's call it that, you know, but in my head, it's like, no, you guys are doing everything wrong. Uh, but <laughs> Nonetheless, that's like all the other places you train, right? Because they only come to you when they're doing things wrong. No one ever shows up and says, we're perfect. We need training. No one ever does that. Well, there's that. Although certainly I have worked with teams that are doing a lot of things right and they're worried and they're focused on onboarding. But anyway, I've always thought, you know, organizations are, are, are a set of pyramids right? There's, there's leadership and then there's the VPs, but within each VP, you know, there's directors and with each director, there's managers or whatever, but they're little pyramids. And you can find the problem in an organization by seeing where, where the dysfunction lies. And if all the development projects are broken, then I know where the problem is. It's in the VP of development. But if just the back-end systems are broken, then we need to look at the director of back-end systems. And so it seems like with that in mind, it'd be easy to identify toxic managers because their pyramids are broken. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think, I, I, okay, I, I, I'm going to apologize here, Steve. I don't agree. I think a good toxic manager can figure out how to hide it for a while. Mm. They can hide it for a while. They can make they can make everybody else the boogeyman. They they can do lots of stuff. Um, they can, yeah. Okay. Narcissistic tendencies, 
Yep. They, knew how to do, they knew I, I actually but if I were HR, people. I would certainly be looking at high turnover. But unfortunately, my belief about HR is what they really do is just protect management from uh, harassment suits. I had I had a toxic boss right out of grad school, and we had a, I've talked as about well as now. Team I work, yeah, I do exactly. Uh, we, we, I talked about this great team I worked with, where everybody on the team thought they were the weakest link. Well, the manager of that team was the weakest link, and she always kept getting the top grades you can get at at the company, and gave us medium grades, taking credit for everything we did. <clears throat> it took two and a half years for the team to all one by one depart and to have the consistent exit interview be exactly it was her. So I, to, to Pamela's point, they're very good at hiding it and managing up as we talked about earlier, but also over time that will come out. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, Eva, you talked about gaslighting. Hell yeah. I mean, they do gaslight and they make you feel like you're the problem. And, and, and honestly, I think potentially we could take this Monday question the whole time, but I'm not going to do that because we, I want to get to the poll. I want to get to our questions, but I think we could just keep talking about that. So let's talk about the poll. Where does toxicity have the biggest business impact, right? Trying to tie this back to the business role of product management. Where does toxicity have the biggest business impact? Employee turnover, productivity and efficiency, doing the right or wrong things, lack of growth or growth or lack of growth or other it depends i believe this is the first time in a while we had no other it depends uh corey you came in at 10 percent. you're you're with the 10 percent of people who said growth or lack of growth is That's that still what you're thinking <laughs> well i was trying to play numbers game it sounds better when i say 10 percent. i am the 10 percent. yes yeah, it's again, I, I don't, part of me was, okay, toxic companies, again, this is my frame. I don't think they care about employee turnover. They could care less. They'll hire somebody else. Uh, it's a factory to them. They, they, they don't give a crap. Whether they're productive or efficient, I don't think they care about either. Uh, I've seen toxic, comp toxic companies grow and expand and continue to hire and do business. Uh, I don't think they do the right things. But the thing I don't think they do very good at is sustainable growth. I think they they grow for maybe a year or two and then they collapse because everybody will get tired of them. The market will get tired of them or something else, but they haven't built those good practices, the good and they don't have good employees to do that. So I think that's where I would say um, the business won't succeed if the company is toxic. Uh, I, and I, I started thinking about going there, but I think I went for the, you know, we, the growth is affected by the productivity and efficiency is sort of, so I went there. Uh, we had one, 10% uh, uh, of the votes, as we know now, one person uh, doing the right or wrong things. Uh, Joy and Jason uh, were with me and I think Shaughnessy uh, on the uh, efficiency. Joy, Jason, you want to make any, any comments on why you chose that? And Joy. Joy or Jason, it's not one person, Joy, Jason. We're, we're a band, we're a duet. <laughs> like Donnie and Marie. We're the two J's. Well, of course I wanted to say other, it depends because I was gonna say all of the above, but the biggest business impact, I felt like growth or lack of growth 
does affect productivity, efficiency, doing the right, wrong things affects productivity, efficiency, obviously employee turnover affects productivity, efficiency. So that's why I, I voted on that one because all of the others ultimately, I mean, you want to be productive. (laughs) Um, You want to make money and it's the number one goal. Um, And I just felt like all of those other things led to lack of productivity efficiency. So that's why I answered that. I love it. That's great. Logic, logic chain. Very nice. Yeah. Same kind of, yeah. Same kind of thing to me as well. I mean, the worst thing you'd have is no employee turnover in a toxic company. And that could be possible depending on the environment. Not everybody can just leave. Like there has to be jobs to leave too. Right. And so I've had situations where all the employees were just embattled by the toxic environment and we just had to live with it, but it severely um, affected efficiency, productivity, because you have embattled employees all just working together. It doesn't, it's not good. Right. So, um, and so I, I, and I think that leads to low growth and actually stagnation and then uh, a rapid decline. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Brian, I'm going to give you a, the chance to make the first case for employee turnover. Uh, well, I took employee, I took employee turnover as the root cause of the rest of them. Your employees okay. turn over, you're going to lose productivity because they haven't had up to speed. You didn't lack of growth. And if the knowledge isn't there, you're doing the wrong thing. So I, I went as what was the root cause of all of them? No, I, I get that. Eva, you you actually were the first one to vote on this one. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I I know last week I said I've never been laid off or fired, but I have definitely left jobs where I didn't feel like there was, you know, a, a, a big enough benefit to myself of being there. And I think that that's why I tend to move around a lot. But, um, but yeah, I definitely am not going to stand, especially not at my age, um, to be treated that way ever again. So that's why I said employee turnover. Okay. I, I, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, May. Your business is your employees without your employees. You have no business. So if you have one toxic leader and 50% of that team quits, you've just lost a whole lot of people capital and the cost to retrain, the cost to rehire, and also just like replace, like replacing that talent. You can't, like, yeah, you can't. And the institutional knowledge and in that type of stuff and the market domain knowledge and that type of stuff. I, 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 it's, it, all of these things are, you know, major, I guess there's part of a cause and effect. Richard, you said in the chat, uh, you didn't answer. It sounds like you would have done an other, it depends and say it's the, the biggest impact is lack of innovation. Correct. Right. So the place I was talking about, right. They've been in business 70 years, the largest in the industry. They have 55% of the market cornered, right. Average tenure, 22 years. People are getting stuff done. They're getting product out the door. What they can't do is innovate and they struggle to hire new younger people as the older people retire. Because people are afraid back to the- Because people are afraid. To make mistakes. Okay. 
Steve and Pamela, it's down to you to see if we're going to have a locked tie between turnover and productivity efficiency. Steve, did you vote or what would you have voted for? I would have voted for employee turnover. And yet to someone's point in the chat, that's a lagging indicator, but it's measurable. You know, some of these other things are not measurable. I mean, Productivity, efficiency, innovation, you know, um, innovation, perhaps. I remember working with a president who said all of our revenues come from products that we developed more than five years ago. So clearly, you know, they're not doing much in terms of innovation. But uh, you could certainly you could certainly see to me the 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 evidence of toxicity just looking at the turnover. And I wish that HR had something to do with, you know, managing the resources of our humans yeah. rather than the executive protection department. I, I completely and completely agree with that. Pamela, your thoughts? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely with employee turnover. I think I'm the one who wrote leading a, a lagging indicator. Um, and if you really want to avoid it, then HR needs to go from um, executive what is it you call it? Executive uh, taking care of executives, protection, executive protection, to a series of, of things like you know 360 reviews and stuff that, that should highlight some of this, mm -hmm. some of this behavior. Because that, that would be more of a leading indicator, but then they have to decide they're in a different kind of business. And not everybody actually wants that light, sunlight put on them. I mean, I, there was a story in the chat about someone who had to have HR with them all the time because they make so many boo-boos, right? Like, Yeah, no. I, I, so with that said, employee turnover is going to have won the poll this week. Uh, people ops to may just put it in as a big word, but still, I think it's it's not getting to what, what it really is. Uh, it's nice to see them as people, not resources, I guess. We're going to only have time for one question today. And the, the question is, as a product leader, let's bring this lens back to sort of our community. As a product leader, how can you best shield your team from a toxic corporate culture? Wow, the silence is deafening. I mean, I guess just not, just using your head, just using your, I mean... Having that, yeah, like being a being a human, not going with what's popular. Again, getting uncomfortable about how to kind of talk to your your reports and what's wrong, and get to the the issue, not ignore problems. I think it, so. There's something else that goes kind of up, above and beyond that too. So one is is being willing to kind of put your your body or in this case your job on the line mm -hmm. right and to say i'm going to stand up for it however i think sometimes as product leaders we we may have a little bit more skills than other people in which we may be able to i don't know about reverse the toxic leadership but basically shine a, a mirror or show a mirror to them and say this is the impact of what you're doing mm -hmm. or what is it that's causing you to believe that this is going to succeed because i don't think anybody challenges these folks mm -hmm. so part of it is how do we protect below but how do part is how do we fight up right try to get change to happen and get rid of the toxicity the one time i did that i got ripped uh but 
Yeah, you, you know what? Let, let's you. put it this way. Either the company's going down or you're going to get rift. So take your pick, right? I prefer to kind of go out, not quite in a blaze of glory, but, you know, at mm -hmm. least having my kind of like your boss who quit, right? It goes against my ethics, right? Yeah. No, I, there, there are many times where I've been, you know, that guy carrying the flag, charging up the hill, taking the bullets, you know, trying to make change happen. Uh, it always happens after I get killed, though. Uh, Sounds like a video game there, Grant. <laughs> I was thinking Les Mis, but, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was listening to that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that does sound like an interesting video game. Toxic culture. <laughs> no, that's just a level of the product management video game. Uh. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Gotcha. And you fight HR at the end, that kind of thing, or whatever. So, Jason, what's your take on this? So I, in my past, I, you know, it was a toxic, I had a toxic boss and a slightly toxic company, but I kept my team from being toxic because I was very, um, I, like Diana Brown, I exposed myself <laughs> to my team and basically just share my values and led my team as my own company. Uh, mm -hmm. and, 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 and how we, we should be the, Everybody wanted to be on my team because the way I led my team was the way they wanted the rest of the company to be, you know, and then that's just patting my own back, but that was, that's just true. That's why I never had anybody, I never had to fire anybody and everybody ever quit. Um, and so, and then, and then, then my response. Well, if you haven't fired anybody, you must not be trying hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I know if something's wrong with you. You got to fire people. Okay. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> um, but, uh, and then, you know, from what you were saying, Grant and, and, um, and Pamela too, you also have to have some tact into using that as an example of what we should be, um, you know, um, not toxic and, and help others um, understand that there's better ways of doing things. And I think you can slowly change a toxic company, but you have to approach it from a leader standpoint. So if you have a boss that's toxic, Maybe you go to other leaders in other like professional services or sales or marketing that are at your level and see what's going on there. And you kind of just work together and, and start to create that culture that it should be and let the executives go or, you know, you know, things just happen. So I think, you know, giving up is not the best answer necessarily. I think you can, if you, if your heart is in it, you can and work that through your team and actually it can move over to other teams as well. Positivity can can be also infectious it, it can be and part talk. of it's also letting them take credit too once they've accepted what you've done be use your humility and say okay i'll let you take credit because Ooh. you know so be positive but don't be toxic positive <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Corey, you got your hand up so I was thinking about this and how I've acted as a shit umbrella for my teams in the past. Uh, and it's, it's usually four things. Uh, one is interpret everything. <laughs> so the, I'm the lens through which everything gets focused. Um, and to do that, I have to interpret it. Um, I have to limit the blast radius for what is going to go on in the organization and what touches the team. Um, I have to stay focused on meaningful results. So there may be lots of things that are meaningless that people are beating, like timesheet reports and you know other crap that people are really interested in, but I'm gonna focus on meaningful results with the team. Um, and then the thing that I <coughs> like doing more than anything is being the bad guy. 
I will be the bad guy. So when, when somebody says, why didn't you give me this? Or why didn't you attend the meeting? Tell them my boss said not to, and let them come yell at me. Don't yell at the employees. It's, it's, I love how these answers are sort of a nice combination of the, how do we look up and try to impact up? And also how do we be a shit umbrella? I just don't like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, any last thoughts uh, before we head to the lightning round? Um, I think it's important that, you know, we do have to fight up and out, but also you have to pick your battles, right? You, you know the scope of your influence. And if the toxicity is like beyond what your, your reach can be, um, like shielding is only going to get you so far. You can make inroads and like persuade and maybe better the groups around you so you have a larger collective of like the healthy pocket. I mean, I've spent a lot of time working in like giant, giant organizations. So really it's it's about the pockets of where you are happy. And as long as you can do your job well and your teams are happy. And I think as a leader, you're doing a good enough job, but there will come a time where you do have to push against things that you feel either is unethical or you just can't do it anymore, then I think that is when the fight or flight response shows up. No, I, 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 I get that. Uh, and it's tough, right, to be in that position because we're, we're being impacted by the toxicity above, right? We're trying to protect those who, who work for us. You almost to keep using the word, you're like, it's a shit sandwich, right? You, 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 you it's a tough place to be. Uh, and, and somebody pointed out, this has been a PG-13, maybe R-rated uh, edition. We have been using our words. Uh, well, uh, but with that said, we're gonna go to the lightning round. Oop, that's not the lightning round. I didn't get to the right slide. Here's the lightning round. How does a toxic environment make you feel? So maybe this gets to the how do we define it by how it makes us feel. And I'm going to start with Richard. How does a toxic environment make you feel? Powerless. Powerless. Ooh, I like that. Brian. The stuff that's hitting the umbrella. <laughs> you can't say it, can you? I'm trying to keep the language somewhat decent. All right. It makes him feel like shit. Uh, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I said it before. I would say compromised compromised right you can't you you ah, i love that joy well i was just gonna say shitty um but since brian kind of already alluded to that i will say worthless oof nobody wants to feel that way Corey, ready to go to war Ooh, all game. right we we coming all right eva i guess uh just deject it in a way dejected i yeah may it triggers my flight or fight response yeah no it definitely is that definitely the flight <laughs> or the fight with cord uh <laughs> pamela uh, i'll go with another d word uh depressed Ooh, very much so mm -hmm. uh steve small yeah 
I, I'm going to go with, it makes me feel anxiety. And maybe that touches on the depressed, <clears throat> you know, when that happens, that's when I have anxiety attacks. That's when I, I you know, sometimes it's hard. And, and a lot of the things, all the, all the emotions we've talked about all, you know, it's yes. And to all of them, but it, it's sort of this place where it's, it's, it impacts my health, right? My mental health, which impacts my overall health. Uh, so May, you want to end on a positive note? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you do that? So, so I think that, you know, let, let's think about all of the people that we work with and all of the people who are affected by a toxic environment. And why do we allow it to happen? You know, like none of us want to work in a toxic environment. So let's not let it happen. I mean, like, sometimes when you're in this environment you feel small but when you find out that everyone around you feel the same way the 10 of you together aren't small anymore right so band together yeah. make the change you want to see talk about how you want to work together as a team like literally call a meeting to say how do we want to work together and that I, changes I so much it does. It, it goes back to my Alice's restaurant comment from a few weeks ago, right? If it's more than three, it's a movement. So, Steve. Very good point. Yeah, I just had one final thought, and that was I remember reading a book forever ago called Customers Come Second. And the author made the point that if you treat your customers, sorry, if you treat your employees well, you know what they'll do? They'll treat your customers well. And that will result in success for your business. So I think that as product leaders, we need to be thinking along those lines. How do we make our, our employees feel that they're the most important thing? Hi, uh, May and, do you have something to add, Pam? No, I got to drop, unfortunately. Okay, okay we'll thank you. you very much, see you. And, and, and thank you for May and Steve for sort of pulling this back and get us on a positive note, more of a, how can we act against it and start changing and making a change happen? Uh, so these calls have been so powerful this, so, so far this year. We seem to be hitting topics that really resonate and, and make people feel an emote. And so I wanna thank everybody, Pamela who just left, Richard, Brian, Jason, Joy, Corey, Eva, May, and my partner, Steve, for these incredible conversations that make me learn and grow. Uh, and just hopefully these conversations that can help, help make a little difference People in how do we take on the toxicity? How do we make things better? So thanks for everybody on the call. Thanks for everybody who put stuff in. We do this every week. Uh, Monday, the question goes in. Wednesday, the poll goes in. Friday, we have these amazing, impactful vital calls so thank you for being on it and we'll see you guys next week in the community take care everybody have a great weekend thanks for listening to product growth leaders topic of the week if you haven't yet go to your apple android or favorite podcast app to subscribe rate and review this podcast join us next week for another episode for more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.